I did have a heart attack in 08 when I was in the UK racing. Um, I was injured at the time and I was lucky to survive that. So there's two pretty close calls, but uh, a great ambassador of the sport. Um, he's got all the time in the world for supporters and sponsors and fans. He was... And he, he did like a drink or two. I uh, remember him one night being sick over the edge of a chair and getting up and going to Denmark the next morning and drawing a 15 point max. So uh, some people can do it, some people can't. Welcome to Speedway Social's Super 7. Hello and welcome to another edition of Super 7, a show where we ask a current or former rider uh, to tell us his dream team, his ultimate 1-7, to seven, his Super 7. My name is John McGilvery. And I'm Liam Rudden. And uh, yeah, as John said, we've all got our dream teams. We all have the riders that we've put together in our head as a team. Uh, and today we are joined by, uh, all the way from across the world, by one of the great characters of Speedway who will be sharing with us his dream team, whether it be a childhood hero, whether it's somebody he's raced with, or whether it's a legend of the track. Um, and so to find out without further ado who it is, let's join John. Yeah, thanks, Liam. Uh, we have a man who was a four-time South Australian champion, a Scottish Open winner, and a two-time Premier League Pairs champion. As Liam said, he's definitely one of the characters of the sport, and we're delighted to be joined by Shane Parker. Shane, thank you for joining us on Super 7. Thank you very much. It's a um, pleasure to be here. Thanks. Um, how's life? Obviously, Liam, I said you're over, back over in Australia. How's life over there? Um, not too bad. I've had a few health issues of late and, um, yeah, a few other things have gone on. But uh, all in all, not too bad. I... Um, pretty lucky to be here so every day is a special day from now on um i had a bit of a close call i had a cardiac arrest almost 18 months ago i dropped dead for 18 minutes and um my daughter and give me cpr and wife got the ambulance there and um pretty lucky to survive so yeah all good <laughs> yeah we i saw quite a bit about that on on the social media when it happened shane and you gave us all a real fright um so don't do that again all right um <laughs> But it's, uh, it was amazing, the story, when I read about what your daughter did and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it, it was it's a real miracle um, in my eyes. And we're delighted that you've come through the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the survival rate of a cardiac arrest is only like 10%. Um, so in that regard, I'm pretty lucky. Um, I did have a heart attack in 08 when I was in the UK racing. Um, I was injured at the time and... Um, I was lucky to survive that. So there's two pretty close calls, but uh, I was back on the bike and racing two months after my heart attack in the UK. It's just something I kept uh, very quiet. Shane, is it something that changes your outlook on life? Changes your ass, the way you look at it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. You see things in a different light, or different aspect of a few different things. And um, I think you cherish a few more things than what you used to. And how's life over in Australia just now? How are you coping with everything? that's been going on with the COVID situation? Yeah, we, we, we're pretty lucky here in Australia. It's, um, thank God we're an island that's not easy to get to. Um, I think they, they, we had one case pop up yesterday in SA, which was a return nurse from Victoria, um, which is in quarantine. So fingers crossed there's no risk of um, getting out. But at the moment, we, we have no restrictions uh, pretty much 
uh, in SA. So we've been lucky. Um, one bit of bad news was my uh, father-in-law passed away last Saturday. So uh, that was a shame. Um, he'd had a heart transplant in, in 1992 or 93, I think it was, in Patworth in the UK. And um, yeah, he survived a lot of years, 30, 28 years, I think it was. Um, unfortunately, we've got his funeral coming up this Tuesday. Well, condolences, uh, Shane, from everybody here to, to the family. Yes, Shane, you've got a very popular rider at number one. Can you tell us who it is? Uh, Darcy Ward, um, a rider whose career got cut short, unfortunately. And I think uh, most people would have liked to have seen uh, his full potential fulfilled and see how much he could have uh, gone on to achieve in the sport. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the story of Darcy Ward brings home just how dangerous a sport, a sport it is. Is that something that you can afford to think about when you're actually racing? No, definitely not. It's something you've got to put in the back of your mind. It's not um, a good thing to think about, even at the races. Um, we always know that the, the risk is there of getting injured and hurt. Um, uh, if we didn't realise the risk, we wouldn't compete in the sport. So it's, um, it's the... The bad side of the sport, I guess you could say, and you know, there's a lot of top riders that have been injured, and a lot of uh, younger and lesser riders that have been injured. It's um, it's the sad side of our sport, unfortunately, but um, it is a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I watched a thing on uh, I think it's social media the other week there, and it was uh, Darcy Ward's top five races in the the Speedway Grand Prix, and some of the passes, some of the, and it wasn't just. It wasn't just an out round the boards. He was cutting back. There was one, I think. Um, I think it may have been side footing off or something. He's inside. He's outside. You know, he had all the attributes to be a world champion. Um, it's just such yeah. a shame he never got there. Um, did you work with Darcy at any point? Did you, did you race with Darcy at any point? Uh, I raced against him a few times, not a lot. Um, the last year I was over there, I was giving Chris Holder a hand in the Grand Prix. Um, and we're at the Gorgeop Grand Prix. And the following day was a uh, World Under 21. I think it was the second round of a World Under 21 at um, Nesno, I believe, I think it was. And um, so I filled out the program for Darcy. And uh, needless to say, we'd had a big night the night before at, after the Grand Prix, and I remember um, maybe dragging him out by the ear hole at about four o'clock in the morning and said, you've got to get to bed, mate. And um, <laughs> we turned up with Yesno and he had his head in his hands, not feeling the best for himself most of the day. But his first race, he, he was in second place for two laps, got past uh, the guy in front after the sec uh, second lap and broke the track record. So um, he was a very special rider. Uh, so there's something to be said about different types of pre-match rituals then, yeah? Yeah, possibly. You could say <laughs> that. I mean, Darcy was special. He could get speed where nobody could get speed. He would be last out of the start and first out of the second bend. You know, it's um, amazing how and where he could get grip from on a bike. Shane, is that something that's instinctive? Is that something that you can't teach? You can work on it. You can practice on it. I think with Darcy, it was all just very natural. He had a, a lot of natural ability, which sort of went hand in hand with the way he rode and his setup. And yeah, yeah, great to watch. I, um, I'm just so disappointed for him that he couldn't have gone on to um, to achieve more. But your number two, 
Um, Shane, I think it's probably been many a year since this man was dragged by the ear out of a nightclub at four in the morning. Uh, <laughs> but we go to the other side of the world and a former four-time world champion. Who do you have at number two? Well, I have got a picture of this guy giving my daughter a bottle of beer when my daughter was probably about one year old. And he oh, is Greg Hancock. <laughs> yeah, we had a Halloween party and um, obviously we're having a few beers at the Halloween party. And I think he tried to make it look like my daughter was drinking the beer. So that's one we've always held against Greg. But um, one of the ultimate professionals, Greg, four world championships. Um he is a great ambassador of the sport. Um, he's got all the time in the world for supporters and sponsors and fans. He was after the Grand Prix, he'd be there till two o'clock in the morning signing autographs, you know, and um, he wouldn't get changed until the last one was signed. So, uh, great ambassador for the sport. And um, what more can you say about him? I, I was reading about Greg and um, Shane, and he holds something like 56 honours in his career, you know, championships and medals and what have you, which is a phenomenal amount. What, what would he bring to your one to seven as a rider, as a teammate? What is it that he would bring to the pits? He, Greg was always, him and Billy were always great team riders. Um, I'd never team ride with Greg personally, um, but I would put him up there with, with the, you know, a handful of the, the top team riders. Um, what else did he bring to? I mean, as far as the captain goes, you know, he could um, he could give us all talk, give you all the team talk, and I'm sure everybody had listened to him. Um, so much knowledge with Greg. He's done a lot of testing. Um, probably tested far more than most people have. This, well, I wouldn't say modern era now, sort of old school era, I guess you could call it. Um, but yeah, he's he's never never stops. Greg always want to improve and. And I mean, look, 49 years of age, who, who can ride a speedway bike like that, really? Come on. Yeah. What, yeah. what do you think his secret is behind the, the longevity of his career? He must have a good missus behind him to keep him youthful. <laughs> we shouldn't have expected any other answer, Liam. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Okay, they we're going to go to the back, didn't they? <laughs> Sorry, say Are again. I said Greg like coming from the back, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't and we if all And Matthew Edits that <laughs> in trouble. <laughs> okay, we're gonna to go to, to number uh, three. We've got a world under 21 champ. Uh, he was a British champion as well, following in his father's footsteps. Uh, who have you got a number three, Shane? Uh, my teammate for my first five years in the UK, and uh, Chris Louie. So um, i got to put Chris Louie up there as one of the best team riders as well. Uh, me and him got quite a few five ones together. Um, Chris was um, always had good setup, good bikes, great mechanic behind him in Nigel Wells. Um, had the knowledge of his dad as well, you know. Um, finished third in the World Championship and team manager for quite a lot of years. Uh, yeah, it's, I think Chris sort of started at Hackney and... Um, went to Ipswich and I, I admire Chris. He was always such a good starter. Um, another thing with Chris too was that um, he came across very well with Sky Sports as a, a commentator and uh, interviewer. 
Uh, how important was it having someone like Chris? Uh, you know, you, you say you rode with him for the first five years. When you come over to the UK, finding someone like that that you can bond with, that you can ride with, you know, as a good team rider and helping your progression in the sport. Um, it was very important. I When I first came to the UK, I had um, four clubs that were chasing me. So I, I was pretty lucky in the fact that I could have choose, well, I did choose where I wanted to go. Uh, Wimbledon were pushing very, very hard, and Dave Lanning wanted me to go there. Uh, the reason I went to Ipswich was, one, John Louie, uh, ex-rider team manager, um, and also, you know, he had his son in the team. So um, that was sort of the main reason I ended up at Ipswich at the end of the day. Shane, you, become no, you became known yourself for your own team riding and being a master of that, that art. Um, did you did Chris teach you any of that, or were there riders that actually sort of like helped you hone that skill? Um, growing up here in South Australia, uh, junior speedway sidewinders, uh, we used to have a lot of teams events and pairs events. So I started team riding from a young age. Um, I mean, I started junior speedway at ten years old. So from ten to sixteen, I was riding in in teams events like the UK. We had the Lions, the Vikings, the Eagles. And one other team down there, I can't remember what it was, but, um, you know, you'd always have pairs events too. We'd have state pairs events and um, you, you get, you, I, I guess I, my, I learned to team ride back then as a youngster, but going over there, I had the idea of what you had to do and how it all worked. And uh, me and Chris Louie clicked as a great pair. Um, I was at number two and he was at number one through for quite a while. And uh, I'd like to see some stats and work out, you know, how many five ones and what the best. Bit. I know James Greaves was up there. I got plenty of fives ones with Greavesy when I was at um, Glasgow. So uh, yeah, it's just facts and figures, I guess, and things you kind of remember. And, and the riders that you team ride with, is there a sort of unwritten connection between them? Do you, yeah, I take it you both just have to know where you are on the track. Yes, some, some there are, and some team riders, you know, you've got to watch out for because they'll put you in the fence regardless. <laughs> and that's just the... <laughs> so you've the you've always been a Kim Henderson then, yeah? Yeah, well, well a, <laughs> Mr. Fisher was pretty good at oh, doing yeah, that to his yeah. teammates as well. But um, no, I don't know. You, you get safe riders that are aware of other riders around them, and then you get your Nickies that just have got no respect for any other rider on the track. Uh, it's different maybe if it's your teammate and your pairs riding um, you can always close the door on the opposition you know that's part of pairs riding and team riding um, but you've sort of got to do it to a degree that you don't completely stuff somebody you know I remember Dave McCallum um, getting injured at Glasgow that, that just a little bit too far you know but that's racing so we're off to Sweden for number four, we've got a two-time Swedish champ, a world pairs champ, and a two-time World Cup team, or World Team Cup winner. <laughs> and a bit of a drinker by the looks of it as well. Who have we got at, at uh, number four? What's my drinking? Uh, Henke Gustafsson. He was um, a rider, I believe, that had so much natural ability, and he should have went on and, and achieved a lot more. Probably a lot like uh, Joe Screen. I think Screen should have achieved more too. Um, but yeah, no, Hanker was, uh, he had, uh, I loved Hanker's style. He was always a racer. Um, and he, he did like a drink or two. I uh, remember him one night being sick over the edge of a chair and getting up and going to Denmark the next morning and scoring a 15 point maximum. So uh, some people can do it, some people can't. 
I'm loving this uh, other side of Speedway that we don't really see often, Liam. <laughs> Which is a good thing. Well, it's, it's, it's sounding, sounding very old school to me, John. Very old yeah. school indeed. Um, Can't wait for Nigel back... and Kelvin to start commentating on this part of it. <laughs> I mean, that could be quite funny, that, couldn't it? Eh? <laughs> so, Henk, obviously, you know, you're, you're talking about how he's, he's clearly a bit of a character and things like that. Yourself, Shane, I always regarded you as a character of the sport uh, as well. Um, do you think that's something that's maybe a wee bit lacking just now? Uh, yeah, the sport's gotten more and more and more professional. Um, so I understand why it's gone the way it is, and there ain't many characters in the sport. Um, the money's a lot more than it used to be, I think, now for riding. So you've got to take a more professional. Uh, guys have mechanics and teams in different countries, and um, that's just the way it goes now, I think. So it's a sign of the times, but, um, you know, it's probably a good thing that it's moved in that direction, I think. I think it's a, it's a sad thing as well, because we miss this almost like the pantomime of Speedway. You know, when you win a race and you, you have that little bit of banter with, shall we say, with the, the opposition fans as you come round and all the rest of it. It was all part of the meeting and the atmosphere. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we get paid to ride, and if it weren't for the fans and supporters paying to watch us, watch us ride, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. So they need to be entertained, and that was the way I always looked at it. I, I always, always said I would prefer to go to a meeting and get cheered or booed rather than get no reaction because um, you're not putting on a show. So I got a lot of boos over the time, which was all good. You know, it's all part of it. And... Um, I made sure when I went back that I'd give more booze, you know. it's um, <laughs> Hey, people used to come back to watch me. And I remember, there's, there was a group of the guy, the Boo Boys at Edinburgh. Um, they would boo me every single meeting and I'd give them gestures back and wah, wah, wah. And right at the end of my career, they all come up to me and had a big chat with me and said, like, they loved it. It was great. And they were getting involved. And that's what it's all about. You know, it's not just being there. It's, it's being involved in it. I think Liam would really? probably like to take this opportunity to apologise for being one of those boo boys. Is that right, Liam? Yeah, I think he might have been right. <laughs> he was right at the front of the fence. That's all. But I remember I was going to Newport and there was some guy hanging over the fence and he was giving me all this abuse and wah, wah, wah. And I was giving it back to him and he bent down below the fence and I couldn't see him. And I kind of looked and he stood back up and he's got this big rock in his hand. I thought, oh, shit, time to leave. And took off. <laughs> Almost. Yeah, maybe it was a wee bit too far. Eh? Yeah. Shane, we're going to stay in Sweden for your number five. We have uh, a man who became a FIM legend in 2011 and a six times world champion. Who's your number five? Well, that only leaves two people and... Um... One of them isn't Swedish, so that's uh, big Mr. Tony R, Tony Rickardson. Um, his first year in the UK was my second year in the UK. We both rode Bridgebridge together, so I got to know Tony really well. Um, I do had workshop around at his place. We'd go play golf, and um, you know it was great to see him go on and, and equal Ivan Major's record of six world titles. And um, it's going to be pretty hard to to uh, equal or even beat, you know. And, Greg got close with four, but um, all these years of Speedway has only been them two guys that have set the mark. Shane, as Speedway becomes more professional and riders are riding for two, three, four different teams to make their income, um, does, it, does the actual team atmosphere suffer? How important was it 
to you guys when you were riding, like you became friends as well as just teammates? Um, yeah, it suffers to a degree. Um, like initially when you're starting out in the sport, you're finding your feet and you, you probably have a little bit more of a good time than when you're actually getting somewhere and you're buckling down and, and training and, and, you know, up the top of the um, rankings in the world and, and trying to get into the Grand Prix and things like that. It's um, it, sign of the times, like uh, Hans Nielsen, he never used to. He, he got more sleep than anybody, I think. He always used to say, the more sleep you get, the better rider you'll be. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, don't know really more what to say on that one. And uh, Tony obviously achieved so much in the sport um, as well. Did you ever get the opportunity to ride with him? Or? Um, yeah, Ip Ipswich, obviously. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. And in Sweden, I rode against him. Poland, I rode against him. So, but uh, there's, a, there's a couple of times where I was riding at his track in Sweden and we'd rock up at Stockholm Airport. And, um, you know, Tony had given two or three of us a lift to his track and, there's this big, huge bus pulled up out the front with Ricards and Racing written all over it. And uh, that was luxury traveling, traveling to, uh, to them means at his um, home track in Sweden. But uh, <clears throat> he was another professional. You know, you look at um, himself with the bus and the race suits and the world championships he won. And, and you know, him and Wiggy, they both go hand in hand, I think, at, um, professionally setting the mark for the sport. We'll go to your number six then, and we're back in your homeland um, for this one, a former World Team Cup winner. Who do you have at number six? Uh, he was probably my idol um, growing up as a kid through juniors and stuff. Um, he only lived in state in Victoria, Mildura, where a lot of great riders have come from, and I guess I've answered the question there, is in uh, the riders, Mr Phil Crump. Uh, what was uh, so special about Phil that made you want to put him into the team? Um, obviously, as a kid growing up, I would see him ride pretty much every weekend or every second weekend. Um, so I tend to look up to him from that, that respect. Um, he was always, um, I think his nickname back in the day was The Animal. Um, he was a hard physical rider and he was probably the best rider ever to compete in the Ipswich 16 lapper. Crumpy could probably do 32 laps now and in. Um, I remember seeing him a couple of times in um, video clips from 16 Lapper, and he was great at that. Um, member of the Australian World Team Cup squad in 1976. Um, and I think Crumpy was uh, third in the world too, weren't he? They say, Shane, that you should never meet your idols. Um, as, a, as a Speedway idol, as a child, um, how did that pan out when you actually met Phil? Um, it was pretty good, actually, because growing up, um, Phil was in the twilight of his career and I was just sort of coming coming up into the senior ranks. Um, <clears throat> I remember one event, um, Phil was riding in Parramatta in Sydney and I had actually broken my leg and jumped in the uh, vehicle with Crumpy and he took me up to Parramatta to watch the meeting. Um, and... He had his mechanic with him, well-known guy in Australia here that not long passed away is in a guy called Brian Parsons, Hollywood. And um, also little Jason was with us and Jason was quite young at the time. And we didn't do the full drive. Um, we stopped at a place called Goldburn and um, Phil and Hollywood went to the pub for a couple of beers. So 
while they did, Jason um, rubbed a heap of DP in Hollywood's bed. <laughs> Hollywood came back, stripped off, got in his jocks, jumped in the bed, and five minutes later, what are you little bastards done? And he was awake all night on fire. So, um, no, that was one, one memory with Phil. It was great. But, um, no, I mean, I've done a few trips with Phil. Um, he never used to like to stop uh, for you to take a toilet break. So you used to normally have to have something that you could go in. Um, yeah, Phil just wanted to get there and get it done. And But on that occasion, we stopped at a hotel. But uh, no, many fond memories of Phil. Um, my idol growing up, obviously, seen him all the time. And um, look at what his son also went on to do. You know, I could have probably replaced Phil with Jason. I probably should have, three world titles. But um, Phil's a bit of an idol. So that's that's generally why I picked him, I think. Must be an oh, Australian yeah. thing for the, the, the no toilet breaks in the van. I remember going with the Schleins to the wee meeting. And I was like, oh, guys, you need to stop. I don't think Andy spoke to me for about two hours afterwards. It was pure shame for having to stop. It must be it must be an Australian thing. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I mean, when I was living in um, Nuneaton, I'd do my Glasgow runs. Um, I wouldn't stop, get the job done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, now, it's Super 7, uh, Shane. But at number seven, you have two riders. Who are they? Sean and Kelly Moran. <laughs> now, Tell us your stories we, we, about these two, because these were a couple of characters as well. The, the majority of their stories, I wasn't around in their days. They were just a little bit before my time. Um, I did watch them ride as, as a young kid, though, and um, fully admired both their styles, uh, both the tenacity that they had. And, um, you know, I... Um, it's a shame that what happened with Kelly, I mean, it's part of life. I think, um, you know, either one of them um, could have won a world championship real easy. You know, Sean finished second in 1990, but um, I remember right, he had that taken away from him for some unknown reason. Um, but, um, yeah, no, they were... Um, they were I, I classed Lee Adams in their category too, probably Dave Jessup. There's four guys that probably should have won a world title and never did, but... Um, yeah, if, if, probably if I had to pick one or two out of Kelly and Sean, Sean's style, Kelly's, uh, no, sorry, Kelly's style and probably um, Sean's um, attitude to racing. The perfect combination, you reckon? Yeah, as far as I can remember, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we know, that, we know that Sean did a record, didn't he, John? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, did, did you ever fancy releasing a record chain? <laughs> no, 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 no. I never did. I've never heard Sean's. Um, also, don't know if you remember, there's an Aussie guy called John McNeil. He also released a um, song. I think it might have been called I Want to Be Like Ivan Major, actually. Not too sure. Okay. You could have been the front man for Barry Campbell's band. <laughs> I got up there a couple of times with the old mic in my hand, but... Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, I enjoy listening to music. I'm not not much of a musician myself. <laughs> <laughs> so if you had to, uh, what I was going to say, sorry, before we went on to the captain, you've mentioned a few names, obviously, Hans Nielsen, Lee Adams there. Um, how tough is it to pick just seven out of the guys that you've you, you've rode with and, and or, or even just watched? I mean, very, very difficult. You look, I've probably got 
one in my team from the modern era, which is Darcy, or the rest are probably, you know, a bit earlier than that. Um, I could have gone back earlier and earlier again, right back to the start, Jack Young. Um, it's difficult. I never seen them right. I didn't really know them personally. So uh, my team pretty much consists of people that I knew and people I rode with. Um, I could have picked modern riders at the moment, you know, like um, Sfudinov. I actually love Sfudinov and his style and some of the things he does. It's almost a bit Darcy Ward too, you know. It's, um, you mentioned there that ride they them two had together. I, I remember watching one just recently of Sfudinov and he went right round the outside of the fence on that last corner and got the guy over the line and incredible to watch, you know. It's um, breathtaking really. So your, your captain then, who would who would be your captain of your, your seven or eight? Oh, that is so hard. I mean, I would actually say um, Chris Louie hadn't been my old captain before at Ipswich. I think he'd done a great job as a captain. Um, so, yeah, Chris. Okay, and it's our last heat decider, Shane. Heat 15, who do you put out? Kellyanne Short. <laughs> no, I can't do that, can I? It's got to be my night. No, um, I would, you, I guess there's no question about it. From my point of view, I would have to put Darcy Ward out and Tony Ricardson. There wouldn't okay. be many would beat that too. Um, what I did forget to ask you, Shane, sorry, um, you've got that seven or eight there. Um, you need someone to hold them all together. Who would be your, your team manager of this, this seven? Our team manager would be one of my old team managers. I only got to uh, ride with him for one year, unfortunately, and he was a great team manager, and that is uh, Yorkshireman Eric Bucock. What made him special, Shane? What made him the one that sticks out in your mind? Um, I just liked his attitude. He knew how to um, get the team geared up, and, you know, he, he knew he knew how to approach riders. Every rider's different. Um <laughs> and with Eric, he just knew how to approach each rider. And if he didn't, he had it sussed out, you know, by halfway through the season, a quarter of the way. He worked things out and um, he was a great team manager. It's, um, yeah, and I think probably after him, I'd choose Pratty. I know they were both joint team managers of Britain at one time. And, um, you know, I think that's probably the best, best um, team managers the UK or Great Britain have ever had. Okay. And, um, who would be your team rider if you had to pick a team rider out of these? Someone to shepherd another rider around the track. Which one of them? You've said there's a few great team riders in there, but if you had to pick one? I I would probably say Chris Louie. I'm not going to because I've team rode with him. But one guy that was the great team rider with Mr. Billy Hamill is Greg Hancock. So I would, um, I'd love to team ride with Greg. Well, we ask all our guests, Shane, um, 10 quickfire questions. Um, so we'll just run through them with you very quickly um, and see what you've got for us here then. So number one, last time on a Speedway bike. Um, I think it was the 2014 South Australian State Titles where I finished runner-up to Cam Woodward, I think. And do you have um, any lucky or favourite helmet colour? Green. I was green for a lot of years. I love Wiggy's green and, um, yeah, I still like your green. Which is great uh, for over here. I don't know, in the UK, they've gone away from green now, haven't they, again, I think? Yeah, yeah. It's a, do you have a favourite gate number <laughs> or a favourite gate to go off? Um, one or four. If there's dirt on the track, four. 
you got a bit of a fly flicker there. If there's um very slick track, I prefer gate one. Um, two and three, the worst gates going. You you sandwiched in between riders. Okay. Um, tea or coffee? Tea. Never had a coffee in my life. <laughs> if you hadn't been a speedway rider, what would you have been? I, start, I, was, I was a motor mechanic, but I definitely would not have been that. Um, hard to say. Something sport-orientated I would have liked to have thought. Okay. Do you have a favourite pastime or hobby? Uh, favourite pastime or hobby? At the moment, it's doing a bit of filming and editing. So uh, just ended up purchasing this new little cinema baby. Oh, uh, Working out how to use that. I've got a few... Uh, a few clips up on YouTube at the moment, so if anybody's keen, they won't like my music, but um, if anybody's keen, it's at Firestarter um, SP Design. So um, check that out if you want. Um, just rubbish I'm doing now, film with BMX and uh, some bits and pieces over here, keeping me, keeping me busy. Excellent. Well, do, you have a favorite, do you have a favorite film, Shane? Favorite film um, on any Sunday, one and two. Uh, race suit or race jacket? Race suit. <laughs> yeah, what's the worst thing about Speedway? Ryan Offs. <laughs> and the best thing about Speedway? Uh, the feeling of winning. It's got to be. That's why we do it. The adrenaline rush and, and winning. Okay, so I reckon that your 1-7 to seven have a pretty good chance of winning. What are you going to call them? What's the team name? Ooh. I guess nowadays there has been, say. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's difficult to name a team. I, I, yeah, I could think about that one for probably an hour and still not come up with a name. So uh, just to kind of round, round things off a bit here, um, it's, it's been brilliant to talk to you. Is there anything, do you, do you miss your racing? Do you miss the speed? Obviously, it's been nearly 10 years now um, since you've raced. Do you miss it? Um, it was the biggest part of my life and, and, you know, 22 years of my life, well, it's more than 22 years. So that's just overseas was 22 years. Um, yeah, it's, um, wouldn't change it for the world. I completely miss it 100%. Um, so much to the point where I don't even like watching any speedway now because I miss it so much. So, um, yeah, it's when it's been a part of your life for so long, it's, um, you're going to miss it. And I think the biggest thing I miss is, is the adrenaline rush and the camaraderie you get out of it. Well, Shane, obviously, um, John and I booed you quite a lot back in the day when you were riding for Glasgow and, and we were there for Edinburgh, but we didn't really mean it. And uh, secretly, <laughs> we were cheering you as well because there was some spectacular racing. You gave us some amazing moments, some wonderful entertainment. And it's just been an absolute delight to talk to you today. And we're so glad you're here with us still. Thank you very much. I, I did enjoy my time riding for Glasgow and um, racing against you guys. I've pulled a few um, cranks out of the closet over the time. I remember rocking up there once with a, a chicken's head on. You called it called <laughs> we chickened out of a meeting or rain off or something happened. And so we all turned up with chicken race jackets and stuff. And there was another time where um, Edinburgh supporters told me I'd spat the dummy. So I turned up with a big nappy and a big dummy, didn't I? <laughs> Oh, I wore them on the parade, but um, no, it's all about, you know, getting involved with you guys and having fun and um, 
Um, that's what it's. That are the things I remember most about it, really. I think that's the thing. We talk about, you know, all that sort of stuff and we can laugh about it. We joke about it because we know it comes from a good place. You know, I mean, we know it comes from, I'm just here to entertain guys. I just want to have some fun, ride my bike and make everyone go up the road knowing that they've had a, a good day um, as well. Shane, I had the pleasure, like you say, when you're at Glasgow, we spent most Sundays um, through watching you. You were an absolute joy to watch. Um, and I'd happily go back and do it all again because um, you, were, you were an absolute entertainer. Thank you. Um, very much for joining us. It's, it's been a great half hour, 40 minutes talking to you. Much appreciated. Great words. And um, thank you very much. Okay. Well, listen, keep great health, Shane. Um, we'll keep our fingers crossed that, that that's all okay for you. And uh, we'll hopefully speak to you again sometime soon. Great. Great to chat with you. And um, see you later, everybody. Thank you. We'll Cheers. be back soon with another edition of uh, Super 7. So from Liam and myself, thank you very much. Super 7 was presented by John McGilvery and Liam Rudden and produced by Matthew Hart for Speedway Social.